And welcome back, fourth and long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess here. And ladies and gentlemen, the AFLW season, it has started. Round one is here. So we have to round one review series on the Donnie's Disposal series. And today I am joined by a very good friend of the podcast, Mr. Gil Griffin. Gil, how are you doing, sir? How are things out in California? Doing okay. Just came back from uh, a, a weekend camping trip, chaperoning the students I have in ninth grade and hiking in snow boots through about a foot and a half of snow in the Sierra Nevada mountains. It was beautiful. Awesome. 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 But I think, sir, you and I are both here to talk footy, but I, I think let's, let's get it out before, before we go into any of the round reviews, let's get it out. How difficult was it to see so many stars go down with injuries this weekend? Just just an absolutely black mark on, on such an incredible round of footy to start the, to start, start off this season in AFLW. It was tough to see and thinking about not only do we have the co-best and fairest winner, but also the best on ground in the grand final, uh, both going down. Uh, the day after Isabel Huntington goes down for the Western Bulldogs. And the really ironic thing was I mentioned that I was on this, um, this trip out to remote California, Northeast California, and I had just filed my story with footyology. I just filed my entire round report. And of course the theme is injury. So guess what happens to me is I'm walking back to my cabin, true story. Uh, I slipped and fell on the ice backwards in the dark and got a nice little bruise on my left elbow. Unfortunately, that's all that happened, but uh, I didn't have my phone and my flashlight on. I figured I knew, knew what I was doing. I have a space heater in one hand that I was inside uh, working with. Next thing you know, uh, I am flat on my back and just thinking, wow, isn't this crazy? Just writing about injuries and here I am uh, having something happen to me. Uh, that's crazy. That is crazy, but 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 we can't we can't stay on the negative because to be completely honest with you, I think this was an incredible round. I think this was an incredible round of footy. You had some really good matches, some surprisingly close games. That I have to say, so I don't know about you. Let's let's dive right into it. Let's dive right into the first round, first game of the round. Sees the Richmond Tigers with a nice, impressive thirty-eight point win over the Saint Kilda Saints, but. It's hard to argue that if the Saints could kick straight, this would be a much closer result than it ended up being. Well, you know, one of the things I've said, Richmond, I think, are going to be the biggest improvers in the competition. I really paid attention to the last five rounds because if, they, if you look at the first four rounds last year, they started off 0-4, and Katie Brennan's radar was really off as far as kicking for goal. But all that changed over the last five rounds when they got their first wins. They went 3-2 and two, uh, over the last five matches. And they were really, there were a lot of good trends pointing in their direction. And I really tipped them to carry that over into the beginning of this season. And they, they really did that because one of the things I was really, really impressed with was uh, how good their kicking was. They kicked 10-1. Uh, anytime you kick that accurately, you're going to win. And um, thinking about how they were so successful, and they did that all uh, without Ellie McKenzie, who was a big part of their success last year. So imagine what happens when they get her back. Really like the forward line work there. Uh, the Tigers of uh, Courtney Wakefield and Katie Brennan going together. They're a powerful tandem. Uh, Mon Conti was unreal uh, going through the middle. Um, she really has a knack for weaving her way through traffic. It's almost like she's playing at one speed and everybody else is playing at a notch below. 
she is a superstar. And uh, St. Kilda, to me, has always had problems scoring. And there just are not a lot of avenues to goal. And, you know, the G train, uh, Caitlin Greiser, they couldn't get the ball to her enough, which is something that plagued them a lot last year. And if they can't get the ball into her, they're not going to score. And that just sets them up for failure. Yeah, 100% agree. And unfortunately, losing both of their their superstar midfielders with, with Tiana Smith and then Georgia Patricios both not playing. So it was very interesting to see how both these teams adjusted to their, their young superstars being out, Ellie McKenzie being out for the Richmond Tigers. And I think this is a dark horse Richmond team that if they get on the right run and a few things happen their way, this is a fi- potential finals team. They have the talent, they have the skill. And I 100% agree with you. Mon Conti is, is one of the silkiest players in the competition. When she has the ball in her hands, everything slows down. It's, it's a lot like, it's not like Scott Pendleberry that the bat, I think the basketball background has really slowed the game down for them to, they, they make so many great decisions and they're so good with the footy in hand that it's like, they're on another level. It's, it's really creepy. So keep an eye out. I think Mon Conti has a good shot potentially to, to sneak into that best and fairest conversation. If, if Richmond can get there in the end and potentially make the finals again, a long way from now, nine rounds still to go, but a good, good start for the yellow and black. We move down to, what I said at the start, a, a, a very competitive game that many people, if you looked at last year's results, would not have guessed this, as the North Melbourne Roos only beat the Geelong Cats by eight, 26-18. And hard to say, Georgia Patricios is showing that she's just as good as her sister, even maybe a tiny bit better. I, th- I think you mean Georgie Prispakis. Prispakis, yes. No, that's, you know, that's okay. I've, I've, you're not the first one to confuse the two of them with that, with the long uh, P name. I know I've had the same thing, but it's funny. Georgie uh, won the first center clearance in that match. And she's easy to spot because she's got the long flowing locks and she wears uh, the long sleeve jumper. So she's hard not to miss. And the thing that really impressed me was right out of the gate. She wins a clearance, kicks long. She was energetic. She was bubbly and, and all around uh, part of everything that they did. And she was the equal leading ball winner uh, for Geelong, which could say one of two things. It can say uh, that she really stepped up to be a leader of the team, or it can just show that Geelong is young and inexperienced and need a, a lot of help that way. But either, the, either way you look at it, yeah, she is definitely someone to watch. Uh, one thing, just back to Richmond for a very quick second, they're going to have a really big test with Melbourne. Uh, next week because the demons are definitely uh, a premiership fancy but but getting back to Geelong I think you're absolutely right in that um, I didn't expect the match to be as close as it was Uh, and North were playing without Emma Carney because she still is on the COVID inactive list so I I kind of expected that North North are so deep that I really did expect that they were going to take care of business in the end I think that when uh, acting captain Emma King stood up I'm a real big uh, fan of her ruck work She's really incredible when she gets her hands in the ball and distributes to teammates. And that North midfield is so deep because if Emma Carney is out, well, you've got Jenna Bruton. Uh, you know, you, you have um, uh, Ashley Riddell, who had a career-high 33 touches. And you have a lot of other players in the team that can pick up the slack. So uh, Caitlin Ashmore had a fantastic match too, 18 touches, I believe, and a goal. And so they, they can cover for an injury or an out more easily than Geelong can. But um, 
you know, there, there was a lot to like from, from Geelong that they, they really have nothing to be ashamed of, but they still also have to find avenues to go. Because if you look at their two goalless quarters, um, you know, throw in uh, a straight kick here or there and you're right, they're right in it, or they may have even overtaken North Melbourne. So I think for Geelong, they're young, young developing side, and they've got to learn how to really play four-quarter footy. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think this is a team that I think they're going to progress, but I think this is almost, it, it's almost a semi-win for Geelong because they didn't get blown out by a very experienced, very talented North Melbourne team. Like, if if I'm the coach of Geelong, I'm pumping these the, the, these girls up and saying, hey, you just played a quality finals contending type of team to within eight points in your first game, and you had a, a young superstar show up I think there's a lot of building blocks and I think you can take a lot of confidence going into your next game for this young cats team. I think this is a building block season to where you could really, really see Geelong could be the team a lot like Richmond that struggles early, but then starts to play better as the season goes on. So I'm, they're really a team I'm going to keep an eye on as this season goes on, because I think they're going to progressively get better because they're going to work together sure. because they're going to grow together. So I think that that's going to be a fun team to watch we move to one of the marquee games of this round and i i look at the score and again a little bit marred by the fact that isabel huntington goes down which i think really kind of hurt the doggies the doggies have also been fighting with covid protocol issues and different things like that the d's get a get, get a nice 24 point win but it's scary to look at their their ledger and go 610 if they kick a few more of these straight this could have gotten ugly very very quickly for the doggies well here's the funny thing how often would you have ever thought that the D's would win a match with Karen Paxman getting only eight touches? Mm -hmm. I mean, she, by her standards had, um, in terms of quietness, her, her night was almost silent. Um, but again, you know, Melbourne are a team that bats really deep. And if, if you think about, uh, Eden Zanker stepping up to have the kind of match that she had, and you look around and Daisy Pierce moving her to the forward line and, her radar was off. She kicked uh, zero three, um, but they have, they really do have the cattle to cover it. I mean, Kate Hoare uh, did some nice things, kicking a couple of goals. And I'm really intrigued by their addition of Taylor Harris up forward. Um, and Taylor had a very impressive uh, first goal for the D's, a nice, uh, sweet little banana uh, snap off her boot. So, but Melbourne are, are a really strong team and, and to think that they played that well away from home because when they play in Casey Fields, that is a fortress and those swirling winds, it's almost like, um, uh, like they're working in tandem against the demons opponents and uh, they are very tough to beat at home and they're, they're a very strong side and they've got a lot of motivation because last year they got very close, didn't quite get uh, all the way to um, the, uh, the preliminary final. Um, but they are a very strong team to watch and they have to be considered a premiership fancy. Yeah, they, they are, they're my, they're, they're my premiership tip at the start of the year, because I think Taylor Harris, Percival coming in such a song, strong team, such a great end of the year. They were one of the hottest teams going into the finals last year, just got nipped in the finals a little bit, but they're a team that if they get on the right run, they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat, especially if they can get Taylor Harris firing Daisy Pierce firing. Paxson going well, Eden Zanka going well, Lily Mithin, the incredible Super Bowl that is Lily Mithin. I, I 
Anybody that listens to this podcast knows she's one of my favorite players because she is indestructible. I swear to you, she is indestructible. She's so much fun to watch. Such a great team, the D's. Again, I'm hoping the doggies can find a way to kind of bounce back. Isabel hunting is such a loss. And I'm hoping that they're there. She's going to, that, that they're going to be able to bounce back. Unfortunately, I don't know if you've seen this Ellie Blackburn will not play in this round. That's a massive, massive blow to the doggies as well with losing Izzy Huntington for this next week. So the dog season is not getting off to a great start. We jump out to the game. A lot of, a lot of pressure on Bonnie too good. Lonnie, mm -hmm. A lot of pressure on Bonnie too good to try and pick up that slack. She's a really, she's a really nice player. Um, and you'd think that she could cover for some of the, some, for some of it, when you're thinking about the loss of Isabel Huntington, but not having the captain, not having Ellie Blackburn available. Yeah. That is definitely going to be a blow. Yeah, that's definitely a test. Well, we'll go to it. The next game is a game that you, anybody that's watched this podcast knows you were very interested in is your beloved Frio Dockers. I know you don't want to be a homer, but we'll go there. Your beloved Frio Dockers get a big West Coast Derby win over the Eagles, 43-15. A nice game by the Frio Dockers here. Again, still having issues keeping the ball going straight. Still a few too many behinds in my personal opinion, but again, still early in the season. It's Definitely okay to have some nerves, so it's fine. A good, nice win by the Frio Dockers here. Well, it was Ebony Antonio to the rescue, wasn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. she really uh, was was Ms. Everything out there. Um, the biggest problem that plagued the Dockers toward the, toward the back end of the season was their inability to score early. They had uh, more goalless and scoreless first quarters than, than you could really imagine that cost them. That really cost them a lot of momentum. They lost twice to the Demons down the stretch and then were uh, you know, kindly shown the door or rudely shown the door um, by the Demons in the, in the qualifying final. So that was a big thing. So just when you thought that the Dockers were not going to score again or not get a goal in that first term, here comes Ebony Antonio flying along the wing uh, with one of the goals, one of the early contenders for goals of the year. And th the fact that she did it not once, but three times uh, is, is a huge thing. And, and, and it's funny too, because you look at that team and you look at Kiara Bowers, the co-best and fairest winner, and it's almost gotten to the point now where you kind of expect her to be a high twenties in possessions and um, uh, over a dozen tackles. And that's just what she did, 24 touches and 14 tackles. And so it's, it's a shame that it kind of gets overlooked. Um, but the big concern, I think, for Fremantle is the forward line, you know, losing Sabrina Duffy. Uh, and when I say losing, I mean, it was her own choice to, to pursue a different career path. And the same thing with Ashley Sharp. She chose to, uh, uh, to carry a baby. So she's doing that. And, you know, more power to, to the both of them. It's a loss for the team. And so that forward line is going to be brand new looking. And Roxy Rue is still out right now trying to rebuild her fitness from an injury. So that really leaves a lot of the burden on Gemma Houghton. And Gemma didn't get much to the ball at all through three quarters of play. She finally worked her way back into the action in the fourth term. And there was an easy shot on goal that she missed. So I don't know that they're going to get so many goals out of that forward line. It may be up to the mids and, uh, and the players on the wing. Gabby O'Sullivan. Had a really good uh, had a really good match, and the new captain Haley Miller uh, also did really well. And Frio have always been uh, more of a, a second half kind of club in games than, than first half, and I think we saw that in the fourth quarter that they just took it and ran away with it. I thought this would definitely be a danger game 
for Fremantle because they, they were blooding six new players. West Coast had a lot of motivation, and West Coast had a much better back half of the season. So it didn't surprise me when West Coast drew to within five points, and then Frio then lifted. So that is going to be something to watch about how well the Frio forward function uh, without Ashley Sharp, without Sabrina Duffy, and when they get Roxy Ruback. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. And again, I think West Coast, a lot like Geelong, is going to be how do they progress as the season goes on. Same thing with Frio. I think they're, they're going to have to work through a few things. The good thing is 10-game season, got plenty of time to fix some things, but you, you got to put a little bit of urgency because that 10 games is going to go so quickly. So we'll, we'll definitely have to see. The Especially. West, yeah, the Western Derby is always, always a fun one. There's always a little bit of oomph into it. So, so it's a fascinating first game of the season, so. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was saying for, for Fremantle, maybe more than West Coast, because Fremantle are expected to be in the finals hunt the whole way. They're getting ready to go now to uh, Victoria and be there for upwards of four weeks. So that's going to be a big thing, that they're not allowed to return uh, back home until early February when the borders with WA reopen. So uh, this is really going to be a very early test. And the funny thing about this Derby, too, it wasn't supposed to happen in round one, originally before COVID struck, uh, Fremantle were going to be playing Adelaide, which is really interesting the way that turned out because then you had a rematch of the, the grand final from last year. And I don't know about you, Donnie, but I'm always a fan in any major sport that the first match or game of the season, why not make it a rematch of what happened in the, in the championship or the premiership? I kind of like that idea. I, I absolutely loved it. And that is a great transition because that's the next next the next game that happened. But I'm I, I gotta be honest with you. This was a marquee game. I remember in our preview, I was talking this game up. This was a game I was super excited for. And, and just looking at the score, you you'd think it was kind of a letdown as a big win by the crows by 30, 39 to nine. So an impressive win by the crows, but I mean, in your personal opinion, was this as lopsided as the as the score shows? Or, or is this kind of one of those where maybe Brisbane's lack of experience because of so many uh, so many retirements and then the injury to Kate Lufton early, I think really kind of affected this, this, this Brisbane Lions team that I think it, it could be a very different year than last year. I think so too. And I think you could put lopsided on it with a little bit of an asterisk. I too kind of thought it was a dud. Uh, I thought it was going to be uh, a very exciting match. I did tip Adelaide in this match because uh, Adelaide play the angriest of any team in the competition. And you have to believe they are probably livid uh, about losing the grand final, losing it on their home deck. And, uh, and, and they are really, really strong. And so I think when Kate Luckins went down very early and then Dakota Davidson, uh, which was also a big blow. And I was trying to figure out why um, Brisbane had Dakota Davidson helping out in the back line rather than where she excels on the forward line. So I'm not blaming the coach on that one. I don't want, I don't want to blame Craig Starcevich by any stretch of the imagination. But it was just very interesting that she suffered that injury while she was helping out down back. Um, and I don't know if they're trying to convert her into being more of a utility player. That would be hard to imagine because she kicked 14 goals last year. Um, and also, Courtney Hodder didn't really get off the chain the way she did uh, back in the grand final. And, uh, and Adelaide just bat so deep. They have so many talented players. If, you, if you're not worried about Ann Hatchard, you have to be worried about Ebony Marinoff. If you're not worried about her, then you're worried about Stevie Lee Thompson. Aaron Phillips can do so many things well. Um, 
and uh, you know Sarah Allen in the in the back line with what she's able to do. They and and they are just perennial um, winners. And and I really expected that they would win, maybe not as decisively as they did. But Brisbane also squandered a lot of first uh, term opportunities because they were really dominating as far as possession of the ball in their end. Um, but they just couldn't uh, they couldn't fire enough shots. And when they did fire shots, they were wayward. So, you know, we've talked about it before, but it is so important. I think also with the with the shorter quarters in AFLW that it's really imperative to get off to a good start. And if you don't do that, then it's kind of like you're digging a hole for yourself. And Brisbane had the opportunity and let escape, let it escape them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I've, I've said it and I've heard this quote before is when the more behind, the more behind you kick, the more you're, you're, you're going to get your behind kicked. It's, yeah. it's a great little play on words because it, when you, when you can't kick goals, when you're giving up a point, it, it, it just really, it saps, it zaps a little bit of you. I, I, I've, I've seen it with my coaching is you kick up behind. There's a little bit of energy that's zapped from you because you lose that opportunity to get a few more points. So um, again, a, Adelaide is going to be in the con in, in in the in the conversation all year as a potential flag contender. They have so much talent. It's going to be so much fun to see this group together because with Port Adelaide coming in next year, who knows how many are going to stay, how many are going to move over to Port. So it's very fascinating. I know Adelaide fans, calm down. I know we'll get through this year, but it, it is a fun conversation that this is a very deep team. And this is their last ride. This is their last run all together. We jump to the next game is the old rivals, Carlton v. Collingwood. And I said it in my preview. This is always a game that sometimes produces some upsets. It didn't happen in this situation. Collingwood getting the win, 44-25. Again, marred a little bit with Bree Davey going down with a knee injury. But Collingwood showing they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of skill surprisingly Carlton stayed in this game. I thought this could get ugly if Collingwood got going and Carlton stays in it. But again, behinds kicked really cost Carlton a chance to win this game of footy. Well, I'm going to argue with you a little bit and say something cost them even more. And that those were conceding 50 meter penalties. I mean, look at this Carlton gifted Adelaide, what four goals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three of them from uh 50 meter penalties one was the new stand rule where uh where the player on the mark um moved uh uh, horizontally rather than vertically okay that was one then you had another one for a player remonstrating with an umpire and i forget what the third one was but then you also had a player uh in the back line on the kick in kicking it out on the full so if you think about that those are four gift goals four and that uh, was one of the things that, that uh, Collingwood was able to take advantage of. And it's interesting because Collingwood are my pick for to be the premiers this year. And uh, you're right. It, it totally does not help with, uh, with Bree Davey going down. That's a big loss. But if any team I think can cover that, it may be Collingwood because uh, they have Jamie Lambert. Uh, they have Steph Chiachi. Uh, they, they just have – there's their midfield is star-studded. They really, and they, they are very well-rounded from, they have a great spine from front to back. So I think if any team can, can deal with that loss, it'll be Collingwood. Um, but Carlton have to be, and, and I mentioned this in, in the story I wrote for Footyology, it's a good thing that Daniel Harford is bald, Carlton's coach, because he would have ripped his hair out from its very roots, because I can, those are coach killers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean, you know this, Donnie, you're, you're a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're, if your team is basically gifting the other side 
all of these opportunities, it's going to come back to bite you. And you can't, you, it's just kind of like in baseball with the parallel. You can't give a good team extra outs. Well, in this case in footy, you cannot give a team like Collingwood extra shots on goal. And these weren't just shots on goal. They were so, I mean, these were like point blank to the temple, uh, lay, you know, parallel basketball layups. I mean, you mm -hmm. cannot do that and expect to win. Um, the other thing I think Collingwood did really well was limiting Darcy, Darcy Vesio's influence. I mean, uh, Darcy is incredible because when they've got it all going, they play like a superhero. Um, so to limit her or to limit their influence was, uh, and, and I'm just keeping in line with, uh, with what Darcy uh, identifies with now as, um, as their gender. Um, that, that's really, that's really, when you can limit Darcy Vestio, you've got a really good shot at winning. And I'm not sure that Carlton has the personnel to make up for, for a loss like that. Yeah, 100% agree. And Ruby Slicer is one of the best defenders in the entire competition. And she kept her and she even got a goal out of one of the, one of those 50 meter penalties, which is not something you see very often, even in the women's game very much. You don't see defenders kicking goals very often. So to see her get but on know, the scoreboard. But you know one thing about that, Donnie? When, and, and sorry, sorry I, don't, I don't mean to, to verbally step on you. One thing was really interesting. When I interviewed Gabby O'Sullivan uh, last year from Fremantle, she told me something really interesting. She told me that in some ways, defenders kicking goals isn't as much of a surprise as we, as we think. Because if you think about it, they're under more pressure kick accurately when they're coming out of defense so then it would make sense then if they're if they're taking these long kicks that they might be in some ways more the accurate kicks than the people who play up forward and i thought about that and that's really true they are under a lot of pressure from the kick in and the you know and transitioning up the field so you know for ruby slicer to get that goal that was a great thing for her but uh but yeah maybe we'll see more defenders uh, being able to to get more into the action yeah, and it definitely changes the game when defenders can kick goals because it gives the whole team a lift. I, I can't tell you how many times when a defender kicks a goal, that gives the entire team a lift because everybody, it's not something that you expect. It's not something that you count on. So a big, big goal there. So again, I, I agree with you. Collingwood is another team that I, I had pegged as a as a flag team. I had Adelaide, I had Collingwood, I had Melbourne were my top three teams. Were the three teams that I say, of those three, two of those three are probably going to be in the flag if they stay healthy, if they continue to play the way I think they can, so on and so forth. Again, the Bree Davy injury is massive. I agree with you. I think they've got the depth in the midfield and, and in both the forward and the back lines. I think they can kind of neutralize it. They're not going to completely replace it because you can't replace a best and fairest in, in, in an absolute gun that is Bree Davy. But you can't do it. But you can minimize the loss by a group effort and with with their skill in the center and uh, along the spine slicer up front and then frederick and malloy up front you've got an incredible spine at collingwood i agree i think they are going to be able to kind of adapt a little bit better than i think some of the other teams that lost big time superstars and, and we end the round with as i said in my preview an incredibly good game that I think nobody was going to talk about. And that's GWS versus Gold Coast. GWS gets a big 15-point win. The Gold Coast, though they were a, a, a no-win team last year, showed they're a team on the rise. They've got a ton of talent. They're going to get better. They're going to be a dangerous team, just like Geelong as the season goes on. They are going to nip somebody. Keep an eye out. 
GWS did everything that they needed to do to get a big win for a team that I think is another one that we're kind of, we don't know what we're going to get. We, we really don't know what type of GWS team we're going to get this season. So it's a very fascinating matchup, but I thought this was an incredibly good game. Well, here's the thing about uh, GWS. I cannot believe how Cora Staunton is defying, uh, I guess, mother time. I mean, she's 40 years old, for goodness sake. She's 40 I, years old. I call her the ageless wonder. Like half her age. I mean, <laughs> come on. She was the leading goal kicker last year for GWS. And what does she do this time? She kicks two goals again um, to help out her side. So she doesn't slow, show any sign of slowing down. It was also really sweet to see Britt Stack um, get back on the field, you know, when she suffered that, that horrible, uh, neck injury from that really controversial bump, uh, mm -hmm. last year, uh, in that game against the Crows. So it was good to see her running around. And, um, the one blow the, the GWS took was, uh, Chloe Dalton, their big recruit. And we talked about this a little bit before we went on air. Chloe Dalton is incredibly luckless. I mean, she, she takes time off from footy to go play Olympic level rugby sevens. And in a match leading up to it, she fractures her cheekbone, which takes her out of the Olympics. You know, you're training for this moment, your, your, your whole athletic life, and she can't participate in that. And then what happens when she goes to debut for, uh, she comes back home, she's from NSW and she debuts with GWS and she hurts a shoulder. And it was really hard to see that, that, that this weekend that we both have seen characterized by injuries to high-profile players, uh, that this happens to her. Um, as far as the Gold Coast goes, I don't, I'm not sure I share your opinion on, on, on how much progress Gold Coast are going to make, although it was good to see them score early, which is something they didn't do a lot last year. Charlie Robottom, the number one draft pick, is going to be a really interesting player to watch. Uh, Lauren Bella is a really good developing rook. She can dominate a match out of the center. So it was good to see her uh, in action there too. Um, and then it's funny, uh, my old mate uh, Cameron Joyce uh, is GWS's new coach. And I interviewed him quite a lot for my book uh, because Eric Wallace, uh, the uh, American uh, college basketball player, was a kangaroo and never did get a senior uh, game, but uh, Cameron was someone who was a, who was a champion of his and we talked a lot about him. So I hope he has some success uh, with, with gold coast. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It, it'll be, it'll be really, really interesting to see how this year goes. Again, there's, there's some teams that we you look at and, and you see, and you, you kind of see what their development is and, and gold coast is that enigma. We just don't know. There, there's a ton of talent there. It's how does it, how does it progress again? Charlie Robottom again at first game of the season. Well, we'll have to see again and in a fascinating matchup with the second round. So I think let's, let's, let's go to round two. I think let's do some tips. I think let's, let's end okay. our discussion. Let's end our discussion with some tips. Let's go through it. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to slightly humble brag. I only missed one last week. I only missed one. Me too. Me too. I only missed one. And if I actually had tipped Fremantle, <laughs> I would have had them all. <laughs> that is awesome. Crazy part is the one I miss is I tipped Gold Coast in that, in that GWS game. I, I I did. I was I was super excited for that. So that's cool. So um, that that'll be absolutely classic. So here we go. Round two, game one. As you said earlier in this episode, a cracking first game to start off the round. Richmond v Melbourne at Swinburne Center. Who do you like in this one? Uh, I have to go as much as uh, I have enjoyed watching um, Richmond 
and its improvement. Got to go with Melbourne in this one. Um, you know, Melbourne are, uh, you know, as you mentioned before, they were one of the hottest teams at the end of the year last year. They've got a lot of depth. Richmond are still, they're, they're very much improving. They're still developing. And uh, this is one of those matches where I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit. I don't see them kicking 10-1 um, or getting that many shots against Melbourne. Uh, but I think they'll be competitive. But I definitely will go with Melbourne in this one. I, I will tip Melbourne, but I'm I'm going to say that this this is your litmus test for how Richmond will be. Is is if they keep this game competitive, I think you can start talking maybe Richmond in the finals. Maybe Richmond can sneak into the finals here. We'll have to see. If this gets ugly, if Melbourne starts to get on a roll, then we could kind of see how does Richmond respond. How does this young team respond to getting beat and beat? quite well again they, they've, they've been through a lot of, of negative times over the last couple of seasons but how do they respond against a really good team that's, that's what i really look for i'm going to tip melbourne i think this game i think this game could be could be a good one I, i'm looking forward to this one um all right next game looking up after that will be at victoria park as collingwood host the saint kill the saints and i don't think i'm jumping too off too high a limb here i think this one could get ugly i think if collingwood play as well as they can i think collingwood wins this one and i think they could win this one big because saint kilder right now just looks a little rudderless yeah i i there's you're you're not wrong as they love to say in australia um yeah i see this as being a blowout i see as i see collingwood really wanting to prove to itself uh that it can play without brianna davy in the lineup um, big test for them, no less, but I think that they're going to run away big time winners in this one. Yeah, definitely hard to argue with that one. We'll, we'll move to the next one up at Marucci door as the Brisbane lions lick their wounds. as They come home to face a Carlton team. Again, a very fascinating game because a couple of teams will have to see how they respond from opening round losses. Who do you like in this one? I'm going to take Brisbane in this one. I think that, um, we're going to see how angry they can be. Uh, playing in a situation in which they were very much humbled. Um, whether they can cover the loss of Kate Lutkins down back and Dakota Davidson up forward, I think they can cover Dakota Davidson up forward. They're, they're pretty deep uh, as far as their forward line goes. Um, frustrating for Carlton. They have a lot of talent, but just have not been able to keep their heads about them in key moments. And... Um, they, I think, are going to suffer at the hands of Brisbane. I would, I would say that Brisbane's going to win this one. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I think, I think Brisbane bounces back and bounces back well. They've just got such a deep and talented team. Again, Carlton, unless Darcy Vessio goes absolutely bananas, it, it's hard for me to see them kicking a, a winning score. I, I think they've got talent. They, I just don't know if they've got that winning score kickers on their team after Darcy Vessio. I just don't see that. So, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to go Brisbane on this one, but I think yeah, this one's a good one. Yeah. That's a great observation. I think if Carlton has still had Taylor Harris, then you might not worry so much about that, but Darcy can't take on the entire opposition by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, although uh, it seems like in some times in the past they have, um, but I don't think against a team as talented as Brisbane. Yep. Yep. 100% agree with you here. And one that I think has become, much more competitive, uh, unfortunately, because of the loss of Izzy Huntington down at GMHBA, down at the Cattery, the Geelong Cats host the Doggies. I'm going to tip the Doggies. I think the Doggies just have a little too much talent here. 
even with the loss of Izzy Huntington. But again, I think this pesky cats team, they hang around, they hang around, they stay in it. They, 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 they claw at the, the proverbial dog, but the dog gets the final nip at the end. So. Well, I'm going to go out in a real limb here. I'm going to tip a draw. Ooh, I'm going to tip like a draw it. between these two because I, I think that I think Geelong has really improved, uh, at least in that first match. And the dogs are kind of reeling. I mean, to be without uh, both Ellie Blackburn and without Izzy Huntington, uh, that is a lot to cover. And I think that, um, that Geelong, I think, will get a lot of motivation from how well they matched it with North through most of that match. I think the key is getting off to a good start. It's kind of like that old commercial that we've seen in the States. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Um, but I think that uh, I think Geelong are going to match it with him. And I think it's literally going to end in a draw. Wow, that, that 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 is one heck of a step out on that one. But I, I I love I love that thought process there. That is that is great. So we'll jump to it as we see the 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 Western with the Western Australian teams have to kind of hub here in in, in Melbourne. So we will see at the Witten Oval the West Coast Eagles take on the Gold Coast Suns. A very unique matchup here. Again, a couple of teams that are still kind of building. Uh, who 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 do you fancy in this one? That's a tough one to call. It may be one of the toughest ones uh, of the round to call. Um, I am going to go with uh, the Gold Coast Suns in this one. Uh, I really expected that uh, West Coast was going to match it better against Fremantle last week. It didn't happen, and now they have to travel all the way to the other side of the country. And um, I, I am thinking that Gold Coast, that I think, uh, think Joycey is going to light a fire underneath that team. Uh, and, they, and Gold Coast were competitive through the first half. Now, the problem with Gold Coast was uh, they didn't score at all in the second half. So I am expecting that uh, uh, Joyce is going to light the fire and that the Suns will respond in kind. So I'm going to tip the Suns on that one. I'm with you there. I, I, some people would say I got, I got burned last week. Gold Coast was the only team that I tipped that did not win. I got burned. Sometimes for some people you get burned, you don't want to tip them, but I like Gold Coast in this. I think they just have a time. I think their talent is there. I think they showed a little bit more giddy up in their game than, than West Coast. And I agree that that long travel playing a home game on the road in, in Melbourne is not going to be easy. Gold Coast will be a little bit more used to this travel. So I, I'm going to go with the Gold Coast Suns there, but I think this could be a sneaky competitive game as the early game over here in the States, at least. And then the marquee matchup of, of the last day of this round sees Adelaide at home in Norwood facing the North Melbourne Ruse. I'm going to tip the Crows and I'm going I'm to use the same old quote. When you have Aaron Phillips in your team, it's hard to tip against you. But I'm very fascinated to see how does North respond after kind of a, a, a less than impressive game against the Cats facing a Crows team that was absolutely in fuego in its first game. I'm going to tip the Crows in this one, but I, I'm going to be more fascinated on how do the Ruse bounce back after a win, but eh, a less than impressive one. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm also going to go with the Crows. Uh, I expect the Crows are going to be playing angry all year. And uh, when they, and, and I even wrote this in the uh, summary I did for footyology, you know, the expression, you're beautiful when you're angry. Um, the crows play beautifully when they're angry. And uh, I think that's going to carry over. I would be, uh, I'd be a little nervous if I were North Melbourne. Um, I see this as, as being a really physical match. 
and uh, I see uh, really uh, Adelaide steamrolling north this time. North, as you said, they were not very impressive in, in their win. And um, I don't know, I don't believe Emma Carney is going to be in this match. I'm not sure. Um, but that's a big loss to try and cover. And uh, they're playing a much tougher opponent. So I'm going with the Crows. Yeah, definitely a very interesting one. And then we end we end it. And, and how convenient is this that I have you as my first round co-host? And the last game of the round is Fremantle at hosting, I, I asterisk, at the Witten Noble, the GWS Giants. I, I think Frio gets this done. Frio is just such a talented team. Again, the, the travel will be interesting to see how it goes. But I, I think they've got the ability to shut down Coruscant. It, it, the biggest thing will be is the midfield battle. Will will be fascinating in this game. I think Frio's just got a little too much, but I, I think this could be another sneaky competitive game. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you're right. The Giants have a really good mid midfield uh, in Alicia Ava and uh, Elise Parker. Um, they're very strong. Uh, but I do think that Fremantle did get a whole bunch of confidence in the size of their win and that they were able to appear that they could turn it off and on when they wanted to. I think I still think the big challenge for Fremantle is playing four-quarter football. I think that if they get off to a good start here, they're really hard to beat, um, but I do think that they're going to come out uh, way ahead on this one. That I think you're right. I think the, the back line has enough to neutralize Coruscantin. I think the key thing here is continuing to blood those new six players and uh, it would be a real lift to her confidence uh, if Gemma Houghton can really get off the chain and get into the action the way we all know she's capable of yeah, definitely for sure and and sir that that is going to be all seven games in round two we will all proverbially cross our fingers that we have no COVID issues we got through round one no issues we'll cross our fingers that COVID does not strike in round two and we hope just hope there's no more of these big injuries because we like seeing the superstars on the on the pitch we like seeing great footy and, and it's been it's been an incredible first round of footy the the skill is getting better each and every game it is amazing to see gil again just an awesome conversation with you such a not such a knowledgeable it's very hard to find other americans that are as knowledgeable about the game as you or myself or brian barris i think i think we all take pride in, in that, that that we love this sport so much but i, I think once you i know you've mentioned it a couple of times you you write for i think it's footyology.com.au correct footyology.com.au and uh, also you can find that on twitter uh, at Rowan Connolly's um, Twitter handle. And so, yeah, I also write a weekly preview in addition to a um, roundup of the entire round that uh, appears almost immediately after the last match is played. And it is definitely worth the read. An incredible write-up. This man is an incredible writer. I've got his book in the background. One of these days when I get some time, I'm going to read it. I of what I, of the the few things that I have read of it is an incredible read. So an amazing uh, co-host for me to start off my uh, my my round reviews. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the round one review. Round two will be up next week. I have a very special surprise. A wonderful young lady from Melbourne who is a writer for ESPN Air, um, Australia and New Zealand has agreed to join me. You'll find out her next week. So keep an eye out as we have round two coming up. Gil, again, thank you very much for joining me, sir. Anytime, Donnie. Thanks a lot for having me. And thanks to everyone supporting Donnie's podcast and uh, love listening to it and can't wait to 
to talk to you some more about some more women's footy. Cannot wait. Cannot wait, sir. Have a wonderful evening, and we will be back with you again next week.